Hey, welcome to the So To Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Beadle. Today, we're going to talk about the media. In big, bold letters, the media. Something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Finally, we're going to do it. Remember, we have our event coming up. The first ever So To Speak event on March 16th at 7 p.m. at the Chop in downtown Conroe. There's going to be information in the description. And you can also find the information on our Facebook page. If you just search So To Speak, there is the event. Go ahead and click that you'll be attending. Um, Add yourself to the Facebook group. You can also find us on Twitter at speak underscore official. Let's get started, folks. The modern man can hardly get away from ritual except by entering a ritualistic church. In the case of these old and mystical formalities, we can at least say that the ritual is not mere ritual, that the symbols employed are in most cases symbols which belong to a primary human poetry. The most ferocious opponent of the Christian ceremonials must admit that if Catholicism had not instituted the bread and wine, somebody else would most probably have done so. Anyone with a poetical instinct will admit that to the ordinary human instinct, bread symbolizes something which cannot very easily be symbolized otherwise, that wine to the ordinary human instinct symbolizes something which cannot very easily be symbolized otherwise. But white ties in the evening are ritual and nothing else but ritual. That's a reading from G.K. Chesterton's book, Heretics. In that passage, he's discussing how we as human beings are by nature poetic ritual animals, right? We desire to engage in cultural liturgies, in cultural works that we do, things that describe who we are and what we're about, right? Um, this is, there's this great line from the movie Dead Poet Society where Mr. Keating is talking to his students and he doesn't say, he says, poetry, we don't do poetry because it's cute, because it's expected of us. We do poetry because we are members of the human race. He takes poetry out of the niche market, out of something that his students don't really have to worry about because they're going to go on into med school or business school or, or whatever, get into law school, go to Harvard. What he's saying is you need this because not because it's going to necessarily benefit you in those fields, but because you are a human being. You are a living, breathing, meaning-seeking animal. You desire community, and at the same exact time, you desire to be yourself, to be an individual. Because at the heart of a human being is a paradox, right? We belong, and yet we, we turn away. We're individuals, and yet who long for community, right? At the heart of this topic, I actually want, this is how I want to lead into a conversation about the media. Now, I'm going to be quoting Chesterton a lot in the next few episodes. Just bear with me. I'm just, my heart and my mind is on fire with his work. And he talks about the media, but in his day, he didn't, they didn't have television necessarily, didn't have like these the things that we have today, right, to share media, to share um, content and news. 
and things that are newsworthy. Which, by the way, just because it's news does not necessarily mean it's newsworthy. But whenever, right, you have all this technology and all this access, the temptation is always going to be, in order to get the stuff out as soon as possible, to take that which is just news, things that are just happening, and claim everything as newsworthy. To make everything a title card. To take and make every piece of information important enough to go on the front page. Because there's no front page on a cell phone. There's only that which people will click upon to gain access to. And in Chesterton's time, he claimed that the media, the newspapers, were a source of comfort, not of discomfort, right? Which is sort of the opposite of what the news should be. The news should be something uh, that stirs, Right, But not just inspires us, but is also something that is telling us the truth about what is going on in the world. Right Now, Fred Finley, who was the producer of um, Edward R. Murrow, if you've ever seen um, that famous, um, the movie that came out years and years ago called Good Night and Good Luck, I think it was directed by George Clooney. Um, of course, I don't have it in front of me, but it's a fantastic movie. And it's about the famous... Um, time in our history when the Red Scare happened, right? Where Joseph McCarthy was going after people in Hollywood for being communists, and they were basically holding these public tribunals. And Edward R. Murrow called this out in McCarthy. He, as a newsman, he referenced it, talked about how it wasn't, a lot of this stuff was unfounded evidence, it wasn't true, and it wasn't, uh, due process was not being considered. Properly, And then he himself was called out by Joseph McCarthy, and there was that famous standoff between the two men. It's a very interesting movie. I highly recommend everybody go watch it. But what Fred Finley said was that the purpose of the newsman or the, or the news is to create a pain in the mind of the consumer, the viewer, right? That only thinking can relieve. To, and then a good way to summarize that would be to actually make pressure to create attention in the in the mind of the individual that only paying close attention processing questioning investigating can can relieve and chesterton talks about how in his day it was that they were making everything in 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 bigger letters everything was being put in bold letters everything was becoming newsworthy and that this in fact was becoming the source of comfort for the people who were consuming the media at the time. I think, and even in a bigger sense, in a larger sense, right, this is happening to our society today. We are being inoculated by the the newsworthiness of every single possible opinion and thing out there right now. And that it's in itself has become a source of comfort, right? Because a lot of news media has gone the route of tribalistic thinking and resourcing rather than the route of truly um, as objective as you can get reporting of what's actually going on on the ground. A lot of this could be said with the advent of sort of online um, news companies, right? Like Breitbart, Huffington Post, which by the way, we're both started by the same person, co-founded. Ariana Huffington gets a lot of of credit for starting Huffington Post, but most people don't realize that actually her her co her um, co-founder was Andrew Breitbart, who founded the extremely conservative um, right wing 
um, publication. And now that, that Ariana Huffington is trying to get away from. So it is really interesting uh, because these uh, this impulse to kind of put the media out there to democratize the media or democratize the news. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, we're still discussing that. Um, but David Simon, who who's this, the, 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 uh, the writer and creator of The Wire on HBO, he actually testified before Congress in the state of media. And he was, I believe it was before Congress, he was... He was actually coming against Aria Huffington and, and said, and she said he was wondering where these online reporters, um, if they were, if whether they were going to actually put the money behind going to these courtrooms, hearing these, being there in the moment whenever these hearings were going on, these, not just ju- these judicial hearings, but the hearings for like where the water was going to flow in a city and where things were going to happen. And, and his point was to say, hey, it's great if you want to you know, have citizen journalists. That's a great thing um, uh, to have if more people are able to put the information out there. But what? But what about if? if the, what about the people who are vocational, who can actually go out and and do the heavy lifting to get the right information in the hands of those whose lives are actually impacted by the news? If you think about it, how much of your life is actually impacted by the news you consume? Not very much of it, probably, but. We still participate in the ritual of comfort and the inoculation, right, of the newsworthiness of the mundane, of things that don't actually impact our lives instead of what's actually happening. The media is not just the media. It's many things. What do you think? Hey folks, thanks for listening to the So To Speak podcast. As always, I'm just floored by the support that I've received from listeners thus far. Um, and just just, just enamored with your, with your compassion and generosity of spirit, as so many of you have demonstrated to me over the last few weeks, just the way you've reached out and, and let your, your thoughts be heard and uh, what you think, how, how we can improve on this podcast and things we could do better and how often you want these episodes. Now, I'm shooting for three episodes a week. And um, so it's not... It's not totally easy, but it's not very difficult. This podcast uh, app for Anchor actually makes it very easy for me to do so. But uh, but yeah, anyway, just remember that the, the current book that we're reading right now is Why Liberalism Failed by Patrick Deneen. And um, if you want to read that with us, you totally can. And um, and just, just find us on, the, on, on Facebook and Twitter. And please subscribe and leave an honest review. Okay, anyway, hope you have a great day.